Good morning, good evening and good afternoon members of the food and agricultural community. Welcome to the finale of season two of Tag Talks and it's been a good one. For this week, we're welcoming Max McGillivray to the episode. Max is an award-winning expert speaker, MC and facilitator in the international fresh food sectors. With more than 20 years experience and an impressive track record of implementing highly successful award-winning marketing campaigns, he is the inspiration and the leader behind Beanstalk Global. Welcome, Max. <laughs> Matt, can I just congratulate you firstly for getting my surname right? Um, I was 14 by the time I could spell my, my blinking surname, and I, I, I owe so much to my parents for giving me such a difficult um, sur- surname. So congratulations to you for, for, for having a run at it and getting it, getting it right. So that's brilliant. Well done. <laughs> Cheers. I, I, the one thing I was wondering about was the double L. I think that's the thing that got me when I was trying to write it down. <laughs> It's, it's a standard joke with us. The number of broadcasts that, that we do, um, and especially when we're going to far flung places like South Africa and Asia, some of the names that come up are just horrendous, and I'm appalling at them. And, and you know what it's like when you when you meet people um, and say you can't remember the name, you just call them. Oh, you're right, Governor. You're you're right, Sam. You, you're right, Sir. Um, but when you when you actually did a broadcast and you got to direct a, a question to to a Chinese individual with a Chinese name, it's just it's it's a, it's a and I don't have that skill set. But I managed to black black my way through it. So yeah, it's not the <laughs> easiest thing. It's not the easiest thing in life to have um to have a complicated uh surname. But just to complicate it further, Max isn't actually my name. Max is just a, a college nickname. Oh really? Uh, and I've got I've got an even more complicated first name, but I will not reveal that on on here, here today because that'd be the story behind that's too too long to uh, to, to wind on about. Was that not going to be a maybe if we get it in a future episode, maybe we'll eventually get it. <laughs> well, just to give you a clue, when I used to use my my proper first name combined with my surname, um, and I'd say, say I'd, I used to. Be a grain trader so i'd leave a phone call to, to mr farmers to try and buy some grain they would phone back asking for that whim, woman that just called because my my first name sounds so feminine it's just it's just i can't make it up that's why i'm just i'm just mortally embarrassed about it should we, should we drop this here then just yes. to make sure that we don't have to ever say it again <laughs> <laughs> so I, okay one thing i'm interested in because you obviously sent me this document which showed me about like what sort of stuff you do but um mc i'm assuming this might not be the music business or is this mc music business no good god i can't we were just talking about it in the office about who, who could sing and who couldn't sing i definitely can't can't sing so what, what's that phraseology a master, master controller um if i have one skill it's, it's been uh, relatively good at being able to boss along a conversation uh, especially on on uh, the, the infernal uh, zoom platforms or or, or or chair a lot of meetings or, or did do uh, prior to the pan- pandemic and i quite quite enjoy the, the fact that it is it, it's what you get used to if you're used to having a panel of six people and being able to field questions from an audience or being able to generate questions yourself and being able to get uh, present those to a panel and pick on the panel sometimes there's, there's a bit of a, a, a saying within broadcasting to, to have a successful broadcast you've got to have an intro you've got to have conflict and then you've got to have resolution um so if you if you're if you've got a panel you've got to be a, a bit edgy without going over, over over the line so that's what i'm relatively good at um it's been an mc it's been a master controller but of a situation such as that i think i think i think we've already got that with the podcast already but we've got the intro we've got the introduction to you we've got the conflict you're not telling me your name your actual first name and then resolution we decided to move on with the conversation yeah yeah it's a bit of a tease what is his name is it florence is it fiona actually my my mother wanted to call me fiona if i was going to be a girl can you, can you imagine even at my grand old age when i do something wrong fiona i told you not to, mother 
Pull it in. Do you think? Do you think maybe I should just mention that you'll say at the end of the podcast, just so people actually listen to the end of the podcast? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, yeah, but, but Matt, I don't think people would believe me. It's, it is such a Scottish Gaelic name because I was never meant to relocate from Scotland, but here I am in sunny Bury St Edmunds in, in, in Suffolk. So, and as with as with all things, Matt, you never know where life is going to take you, and that's all part of the adventure. Perfect. I guess before we begin, I just want to see: Are you familiar with the MDS grad scheme that uh, I'm on? I have a I have a 25 year really positive history with the MDS scheme. Um, in in my formative life. Um, when, when I got into the wacky world of recruitment, um, I was talking to MDS 25 years ago about how we could assist uh, the organization to place um, graduate students, trainees as they were finishing, if they couldn't uh, finish within within the cohort. Um, of, of latterly, there's the, the great team of Safi, of uh, Kirsty, of um, uh, Christine. Um, and over the, the last year, we've done a, a couple of um, uh, really interesting Broadcast probably one of the biggest beanstalk broadcasts we did. It was a ridiculous number. We had something like twenty-four people on this one-hour beanstalk broadcast, where we had um, about four current MDS trainees. And uh, Matt, you'll know them all. I can't remember the, the names, but they're, they're all fantastic, as you'd expect. And we had uh, two or three um, senior senior industry leaders: uh, Jonathan Tremaine, CEO of, of Global Pacific, and Christine and, and Kirsty. And we went through this this eclectic hour, just pulling the, the best out of it everyone from the the old guard who in their own words would not have been where they are today if it wasn't for MDS and the new guard who go through MDS um just saying how 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 insightful how delightful it is it is been there's so much talk about um about training about mentorship about coaching um Blow me down. That, that's what MDS has been doing for the last whatever it is, 20, 20 25 years. So, yeah, it's an amazing organization. So, so in front of its time. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I couldn't have said that better myself. But, and I'm sure, I'm sure the people at MDS will really appreciate that. It's really kind words about the grad scheme. I will actually, I, I've been linking the grad scheme page actually in the podcast uh, link. So, if anybody wants to follow it who might not be on MDS or know of MDS, please follow that and have a look. But for now, I think let's get into this podcast. Um, I think for this, I've, I've kind of highlighted a few points points in your career I kind of just wanted to talk about and I'm sure we can just go from it from there if that works with you. Matt hit me. So let's start at the beginning as I do with everybody at university. <laughs> so you went to Harper Adams University and you did an agricultural business and management bachelor's yeah? No. No? Oh no god I've got that wrong there. I'm, 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 a, I'm a misfit. My, my father is a doctor in biochemistry. My mother is a retired. My mother is a physiotherapist uh, retired. My brother got a degree in in the history of art and an MA. Um, all the intellects um, absolutely sidestepped me. Um, I when I when I was growing up, I, I don't have a farming background, but I got um, uh, got got going with the with the farm kids in, in a beautiful village called Barkham Cross in uh, in East Sussex. Um, and so my heart was set on on farming, and I got bored of school, and I didn't do very well at my my, my A levels. Am I really going to tell the story? I better go for it. And um, uh, my mother could see that I was going to be a, um, a a right pain in the ass if she didn't do something. And so she carted me off to two 
two institutions before I, I, I finished, I think it was the first year of A-levels. She carted me off to Sirencester and she carted me off to Harper. Sirencester is a great institution, but it, my mother was a bit turned off because you needed a medical certificate. Um, and, and she being from the NHS worked out that there was only one reason why you needed a medical certificate to show that you weren't doing drugs, she thought. So she, so she kiboshed that. And also I don't own two and a half thousand acres in, in Wiltshire. So I was never going to be applicable there. Went to Harper. Harper was fantastic. It was. It, I, I never went to private school, and it's and it's sort of what I probably needed. I, I probably just needed um, a bit of sort of uh, military direction and a good kick up the arse to perform academically. But I didn't have it. But my mother and I could see this is a this is a brilliant place. And um, Harper, <laughs> Harper, you won't believe this, but I don't think I've ever told anyone this. But Harper sent me an unconditional offer to go on the HND, um, uh, what's that What's that stand for? High National Diploma, uh, um, as, as we used to call it. Um, and so I thought, well, I've got this piece of paper, so they're going to accept me. So I, I sort of worked at my A-levels, but I built pig arcs at the same time for, for an amazing entrepreneurial guy. So I was making thousands of these bloody pig arcs, filling, filling my pockets full of cash already for Harper, not really concentrating on my A-levels. A-levels came in, scraped in, but didn't, didn't do – I can't remember, but didn't, it, it, I was <laughs> – I was never, never going to make a, a lawyer, barrister, doctor, but I, I had my heart set on Harper. Harper then came back and said, "Boy, well, no, you've, 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 you've missed the grade. And my mother desperately wanted to get rid of me, waved this letter at them, and they said, oh, we seem to have made him – he's in. And so I was in. So, uh, um, so, so, so that, that's how I sidestepped my way into – um, Harper Adams and Harper Adams is is all, all of these colleges, um, universities, sorry, are, are amazing. And uh, what I love about them is that even now, when I go somewhere, you can identify the kids, students, graduates that go to these places because they're so polite and confident and worldly wise. And so, so Harper was was definitely the the, the making of me. I, I did a, a pre college year. On a, on a on a fairly rubbishy no it wasn't no it was on a on a small dairy farm which was uh, which was mad in itself and and they're just this the, the normal eclectic mad mix of things where where Harper was really good for me um, is that um, with, with Harper with the course you had to do a, a placement year and Harper had set me up for a placement year with them um, with a, another dairy farm in in Wales and I said oh, well, I'm not doing that and at that time we were um, during the summers we were working a bunch of us were working at, um, at a great farming business called Trumpeton Farms in Cambridge, really big progressive um, uh, farming business. And, and guys, with, guys, guys with, this is the late 80s, early 90s, how many years ago that is. Um, and they, the owner of that business, um, Sir Anthony Pemberton, amazing guy, he's, he's long popped his clogs now. Um, he created that that um, farming business. He created the Bidwells um, at, um, Agri Consultancy business. And he had lots of fingers and, and lots of um, other pies. And he had a big um, shareholding in a cotton um, business in, in Australia. The manager of that cotton business uh, was working with us one, one summer. And so I was just talking to him and saying, well, what's that like then, working in Australia? He said, oh, come on over. I said, well, how do we do that? I'll just phone my dad. So I phoned his dad and I managed to do my placement year on an 18,000-acre cotton station in Moree, which is about 
400 clicks, 400 kilometers, never each other week, west of, of Brisbane. And oh my God, that was, that was just um, unbelievably amazing. Talk about, um, a, a rite of passage. Uh, we had, um, tractor, tractors, overtime tractors, fires, um, the, the boss, he, 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 what, what was the best one? He, um, uh, he had a light aircraft and he came back from a, a business meeting, quote unquote business meeting, uh, drunk, uh, uh, crashed the plane near the station. We had to all go, go out, rescue him. He was okay. Uh, we had to drain, we had to drain the tank to set, no, 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 no. We had to contaminate the tank. Um, so that when the, um, air administration people came around to check, they could see that there was actually a fuel leak, not that he was, dr- oh, it was just mad. It was brilliant. It was a, I don't think it would have, ever happen, um, today, but yeah, just, um, Harper, uh, for, for me and all of my friends was, was definitely the, the, the making of us. My, my seminal moments was on the, on the day that I left and I passed. My course tutor said um, that, well done, uh, coming to this type of institution is 90% learning about life and 10% work. So why didn't you tell me that at the start? Sounds oh, like oh. an incredible philosophy, to be fair. <laughs> I mean... Because I mean, like one of my questions, well, my questions around it was going to be like, did you enjoy your time <laughs> and what sort of inspired you to like farming and like the agricultural industry? But to be honest, from all your enthusiasm here, I can tell that that's something that it just clicked with you from a young age. And then suddenly, like you did all these experiences, like go to Australia, you went to Harper and it almost just like made sense. <laughs> yeah, but, but Matt, Matt, just to pick up on a couple of things, where are you sat now? Where are you sat? What country are you sat in? Uh, Switzerland. <laughs> okay, so you're in Switzerland. Um, Harper have moaned to me that one thing that they're really annoyed. No, am I? No, no, annoyed about is that they're not getting much of an uptake from the current um, uh, students, uh, graduates, to look at anything overseas. Um, I, I don't know what it was for for me, the, the catalyst to go to um, Australia, but oh my God, everyone, there's so much opportunity um, out there, especially as we're we're working our way through this 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 pandemic. If you want to just experience the the world at work and earn some living, there's so many opportunities in. Where do we start? South America. Um, Peru, Peru's just put down 3,000 hectares of avocados. Can you imagine working there? Um, South Africa, South Africa um, exports four and a half million tons of fresh produce um, every year. Can you imagine working on a citrus plantation uh, near um, jo- Joburg? It's such a stunning country. Um, India, I'm just about to do a, a broadcast with them, uh, an Indian grape, but can you imagine doing a year in India and what you would like? So to anyone listening to this, do not be shy, do not be scared just do a year out um within the sector you will learn so much and we, we have this common phrase matt in our in our broadcast life begins at the end of your comfort zone just go out there do it experience it look where matt is he's in, he's in switzerland <laughs> look where i am <laughs> but 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 i've got uh, we'll probably come on to it some of the other stuff i've done just the world is such a fascinating place and, and it's so easy within our network. Ask Matt for a job in Switzerland. Ask me for a job anywhere as a placement student in, in any of these countries. And I'll, I'll get it set up for you. Just bloody do it. Don't, don't, there's nothing wrong with working on a dairy farm for your placement year in, in, in Wales. But oh my God, wouldn't you be excited to go to South America, um, to, to, to South Africa, to, to Asia? Just I wholeheartedly it. agree. I mean, I might have to keep in touch with you for when I finish MDS, to be fair. <laughs> 
No, I hold on. You're, I think you're, you're unemployable, Matt. You're unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this podcast. <laughs> like me. <laughs> can I just say that? Can I just say that's the that was the one thing I, why I set up my own business, my, my our recruitment business, Red Fox, twenty years ago, because no one was going to make me a director of, of anything. So I had to set up my own business. I'm just going to make my own. <laughs> got to make my own company for that. <laughs> okay, so we've gone through sort of your your early sort of life of the placements and I think that's really valuable content to be honest um, I guess my second point actually is uh, UK Points of Light Award the thing that I got behind this was it says Max was awarded the UK Points of Light by the British Prime Minister for promoting international fresh produce this was gained through the trip he created called the Great Fruit and Veg Adventure. He va- he travelled by Triumph motorbike from London to Cape Town across 18 countries, 18,000 miles, visiting over 50 farms and individuals to find out the amazing story of how fresh produce is grown for us all. He had 250,000 school children following him in real time and won various other marketing awards for the inspiring nature of this trip. Could you elaborate more on this trip and sort of what inspired you to do this trip? Because it's... It's amazingly got you an award with uh, the Prime Minister, so it must have been... It's a nice app, but it's also a bit, bit of a, a, a vac- vacuous thing, and I'll, I'll try to um, explain that. So, so I've got this 20-year history of a recruitment business in ag and, and fresh produce. One thing that I've been quite quite upset about over, over the years is that um, I've, I've sat in, in front of so many clients in the UK and overseas, and so many clients have said to to me, Max, I have a £150 million turnover business uh, bringing amazing fresh produce, fruit, veg from all, all over the world and selling it into, into, into retailers. My one big frustration, Max, is I've got no marketing budget. So of this £150 million turnover, they're making sub 2% margin um, because of the pressure that they have from the, from the, from the retailers. Um, if you look at something like, um, let's go for Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, um, what, what's a can of pop going to cost us in, in Basel or, or um, Cambridge? It's, let's just keep on, on sterling. It's going to be a pound, pound 50, um, worst case. And 25% of that um, income goes direct on marketing. They, they say wherever you go in the world, Matt, two people have been there before you. The guy selling Michael Jackson T-shirts and the guy selling Coca-Cola. And I've been some, to some places and it is true. I've seen too many Michael Jackson T-shirts and too many. Um, uh, so have you seen this? Uh, I don't know if you've seen this thing with Cristiano Ronaldo and Coca-Cola at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a back. So those that didn't pick it up, we're, we're in the middle of the, the, or just the start of the Euros. And, and actually, the thing that's fan, fan, fantastic, one of the big corporate sponsors for the Euros is Coca-Cola. And Ronaldo, I haven't seen him, but Ronaldo apparently sat at the, at the at the press table to do his pre or post talk, and he pushed the coat to one side and grabbed a bottle of water. It's like, oh my god, Matt, what what a hero! And he just went agua, he just went agua. And it's funny actually, I don't know if anybody knows this, the the sub part of it, but you know um, something like. Coca-Cola's stock fell by something like $4 billion yesterday <laughs> because of that. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry, this is about... No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just going to Mexico. Mexico, the average adult drinks 45 gallons of Coke a year. It, it is... And, and the, where they've been so clever with the marketing, uh, Coke, um, is that in... Uh, Mexico and certain parts of Africa, um, you drink it warm. Um, that's how Coke advertise it. So they don't have to worry about refrigeration because that slows up um, slows up sales. So, th- so the point I'm making is that these fresh produce companies got huge turnovers, but they got no marketing. So I got more and more frustrated um, with this. So I thought, well, what, what can I do? Um, and and it, it is, some people accuse me of having a midlife crisis, but it, it, it wasn't. So I spent... Um, 
two, three years creating this, uh, this, 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 uh, this adventure of riding a motorbike from London to Cape Town because it's, it's a bit edgy, a bit challenging. But also there's so many contacts that we got en route. Well, I thought if we do this and um, stick a camera in front of all these people, it would, um, it would work. So I, I contacted some, um, some, some businesses. As an example, an amazing business in Ghana called Blue Skies. Um, and everyone, the more you dig it, this is why I want you all to, to find out more about um, uh, Ag and, and Fresh Produce Internationally. Uh, amazing guy, Anthony Parr, MBE. And Anthony's in his 70s now, fit as a flea. Um, he was ex-army. He worked for a business called Orchard House that does processed food fruit for, for a number of years. And then in his 50s, he was trying to push them and push them and push them to do more. And they rejected it, saying, Anthony, just go in a, in a room and, and, th- and do some blue sky thinking. And, and so he left them and he set up Blue Skies. And he went straight to Ghana, having never been to Ghana before, and started cutting up pineapple under a palm tree uh, with 10 locals. And that was 25 years ago. Today, they are the largest private employer in Ghana. Uh, they employ four and a half thousand people. They have an ecosystem of thirty-five thousand people that work off um, off their uh, their business. They now have a site in Benin, just next door. Site in Egypt. Site in South Africa. And site in Brazil. If you buy any. Uh, slice and diced fruit from the likes of M&S Sainsbury's. Uh, more than likely, it's come from this amazing business um, in, um, in 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 Ghana, and and th- this is way before um, uh, B Corp, before Fair Trade. So, so I spoke to Anthony. Started um, Anthony. He said, "Oh my God, Max, come come to us. We'll, we'll look after you." So I was the first man to go overland from the UK to Ghana to 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 the. To, to their site. So the whole purpose of that exercise was to create promotion about um, about about fresh produce. Six out of 10 kids don't know where fresh produce comes from. Um, so it's great when you get the likes of Ronaldo saying aqua. Um, so you just need him to now uh, bite on an apple or, or like, like we all did back in the day, have, have, a, have a piece of um, citrus. So, so this is one thing, I, again, I, I would really be keen for anyone listening to, to this to just, just, Take a step out of your your comfort zone and do something slightly different. And it is highly likely with the business that you're you're in that you can incorporate what that would be. Because if that's to a business's benefit and they can see that, and I don't mean just climbing up Kilimanjaro or, or biking from here to Paris to do something to do something different. I, I don't know what that answer is for, for, for all the good folk dialing in, but that would be my challenge to everyone, Matt. If, if, a, bloke, if a bloke with a, with a set of stupid names um, and who, who blagged his way into Harper um, can, write, get, can get um, significant – I got a huge amount of sponsorship from the likes of um, Pink Lady Apple and – Oh, so so many other great sponsors, and and Triumph gave us two bikes for for the, for the trip on, on the sort of mantra: "Don't ask, don't give." If 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 I if I can blag that, uh, you listening to this podcast can do that. So that would be my challenge to you: What can you do that's going to make a difference to you, but also not to, not sounding jingoistic, but to to the planet? What can you do? Can, can I give you another great example? Is it the bloke I know? Is it like I know who was um, who was something senior in the um, Essex Fire Brigade, and, and he he wanted to do something something different. He said, he said to his wife, he said to his wife, um, right, I want to do something. I'm either going to have an affair, um, and or I'm going to walk to the North Pole. Which would you rather I do, uh, darling? Go go and walk to the North Pole. And he he went and he did the North Pole, and he subsequently walked the the South Pole. And he's done that for various charities, and has been 
highly well thought of and, and does a great after after dinner speak, speaky uh, thing um, on it. So yeah, that's my, that's my challenge to everyone. What what can you do? <laughs> it sounds very inspiring. It sounds very inspiring. I think it's an amazing thing to do to push yourself out of your comfort zone, really. So uh, you, you've got this, I would say, actually, I'm not going to say award anymore. I'd say this experience, this experience that has been very valuable to you. The next point I guess we're, I want to go to in your career is the managing director of Red Fox, which is a major re- executive recruiter for the fresh food and agribusiness and retail sector of the UK and internationally, as you've obviously been talking about. Uh, do you think you want to just I open this up to like what your biggest success is during this job and sort of what this has entailed? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting sector. There's one client who describes me as a, as a, as a, bit, of a bit of a bumblebee. Max, you've got this ability to move from flower to flower, from business to business, picking up pollen, picking up information. Um, and and we're, we're sometimes myself and my, my 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 business buddy Ian, we sort of have to pinch ourselves that we're in a unique position that we can really see where businesses are going. And quite often, it's fascinating. A lot of um, uh, senior level people that we deal with are quite uh, isolated. They don't actually know what's going on in their own business, let alone what's going on um, outside, because people are fearful of telling them what's going on within their, their own business, um, let alone them. Uh, let alone what, what's going out there. So quite often, um, I find myself having to brief clients as to what we're seeing, where the trends are, where things are, are going. And then there's a bit of a throwaway phase. If, if you want to know what's going on in a business, go ask the forklift driver. And, I, I've, and I've sort of tested this wherever I've been in the world. If you want to really find out what's going on in a business, what the values are, what the culture is, talk to folk who are working there day in, day out. They see everything. They know everything. Um, if you really want to find out what, what's going on. So I've got one client who describes me as a, as a bit, bit of a bumblebee um, with, with that information. I've got another client who describes me as a pimp um, because, Max, all you do is you, you trade people. So, so let, let's just get going to that. So, so the nuts and bolts of it, um, a, a client will come to us and say that they're looking for a specific um, individual. It could be a commercial manager. It could be a technical manager. It could be a, a marketing individual. And, and we, uh, we, we in our team, we're commissioned to then uh, look via um, networking, marketing, headhunting to find the best possible um, individuals for that 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 client, um, and we then look to place them in where it's lovely. Lovely, is that right? Yeah, no, no, it's lovely. Is, um, um, what's an example? There's a, there's a, I won't, I won't name them, but there's a, a great business where we place their sales director, um, and within two years, that sales director bought the business from from the um, from the owner that's employed him, um, and that business has now quadrupled in, in size and has now got an international international reach. So, that, so that's the that's the good side. Um, I'm I'm also um, smiling because like with anything to do with people, there's also the the bad the bad side. We we place um, a senior level individual into um, a, a, a big business in Africa, very well known international business, and um, it turned out that the the business internally was completely corrupt, and the, and the guy that we um, placed in um, within two weeks of him getting there and realizing the the corruption. Um, he he had death threats placed upon him and his um, his family, um, and he was then on under twenty four hour guard. I, I then got interviewed by a whole bunch of uh, uh, very interesting private detectives, which were who were obviously ex ex um, secret service or something. And the, like the, and the next life, they've gone on to to be private, private dicks on a contracting basis to try and establish how how valid this threat was. So so we've we've seen on, on a recruitment basis, we've seen. 
everything. We've had all the highs and lows. We've had, oh, bless, we've had candidates die the, the, the day they've turned up for a job, which is of diabetic failure. We've, we've had um, uh, people who have, have, have absolutely roared through um, a, a business and, and done so, so well. So it is, it is, it's a, it's a very sad any, – anyone who's had any dalliances with recruitment will know that it's, it is sometimes the best sector to be in because you're dealing with people, but sometimes it's also the worst sector to, de- to deal with because you're dealing with people. But, it, but, it, but, it, it's, but it's a fascinating sector. Also, you can see all the trends um, de- developing. Um, what's an example? We're just about to go live with a, with, a, with a role, with a really interesting business-to-consumer model because uh, – um, uh, businesses are, are getting fed up dealing with retailers, so they want to create a direct model into, into the consumer. So there's lots of trends uh, that that are very fortuitous to, to to see them being. Sounds <laughs> sounds amazing. Sounds like there's a lot of ups and downs, but it sounds like you're hooked on it. <laughs> but another thing I wanted to talk about today as well was something that you're also, I think, currently doing, and you're the editor in chief of Beanstalk Global. Yeah, did, did, did you like that title? I sort of made that. T- I, I think I nicked it off. The- no, no, the editor-in-chief. I, I nicked it off. I think it was someone – I was looking at someone on The Guardian, one of the um, editors at The Guardian. I thought, that sounds like a good name. Well, it's, it's, it's titles, Matt. It's, it's brass brass plaques. What does that, what does that actually, actually mean? Does, does that mean I've got good grammar? No. I mean, th- this is something I will actually ask you. <laughs> In your opinion, what does this mean? What is Beanstalk Global? What do they do? What- well, well, let, well, let's back up back up the bus. Um, so so we, I, I've got this 20-year – um, uh, background of, of recruitment in ag and fresh produce on a UK and international basis. I've done this eclectic trip of thumping my way through um, Africa, and I, I think about that that trip every day. It's just just the things I, I saw and the people I met. Everyone was so welcoming, and but I knew when I was. Um, we got this mix of this recruitment business. We got this um, this this mad trip through um, Africa. Um, I'm, I'm quite good as a gob and a mic. Um, as are, as are you, I hasten to add, but, 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 but very good. You, you are my master, Matt. That, that I knew there was something more that I could do with it, but it, it took me a couple of years to formulate what, what it was. And I, I thought the, 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 there's not the communication of ag and, and fresh produce on, a, on a, a sort of a media perspective. There's nothing new or original coming out. And I, I've been vlogging for, for, for years on my on my Red Fox channels. Um, and I thought, well, why can't we do some sort of vlog um, video thing? I was just getting it set up. Um, the pandemic hit, um, so we accelerated it, and we launched with them with Beanstalk. So Beanstalk Global, what do we do? We educate and promote the ag and fresh produce, fresh food sectors on a UK and international basis to, to assist them to, to grow uh, faster. So we, we launched in March of last year. We have done 100 broadcasts on a, on a UK and international basis. What are the highlights? We've done stuff with the United Nations, which is great, a bit scary. Uh, we were live with lots of different broadcasters um, in no particular order. Global Women Fresh, um, any ladies out there, join them. They're an amazing group trying to get more ladies involved with the fresh produce from, from the from the field all the way to, uh, to, to board level. We do a monthly broadcast with them. With them, uh, we do a monthly broadcast with South Africa. Uh, we're going live with a broadcast with India. We're going live with a broadcast with South America. Um, this, where we're in our middle of June, we've just done two emergency broadcasts. Um, as we talk, there's a big issue in the UK on haulage. Um, there's not there's not enough uh, lorry drivers, um, and this there's, there's tales of 
100 lorry loads of milk being dumped um, 14 days ago because they couldn't get wheels underneath them. There's just not enough lorries on the, on the back of COVID, on the back of um, Brexit. And there's also a labour issue currently and that we're seeing uh, some pickers being paid up as a £20 an hour to pick and £20 a day just to turn up. So we've done two emergency broadcasts, and that's been picked up by the FT, Daily Mail, iNews. One of our panellists is, uh, is on ITV today. I, I, might be get, I might be called on, on um, um, ITV tomorrow. So, so the, the reason we set uh, Beanstalk up was to be a platform for debate and, and promotion. There's a lot more that's going to come from, from Beanstalk. So just like with Matt's story, there's more to come. Just like with Beanstalk, there, there's more to come. So we'd love people to, to just watch, engage, um, sign up with Beanstalk.global and, um, and, and um, hop on for the ride. I, I, I followed a lot of your stuff on LinkedIn. I would really recommend anybody listening to actually go and have a look at what they're doing. There's some amazing, powerful stuff going on there. And I guess to be honest, your last statement actually has sort of brought me, because I think we're near the end of the podcast now. But um, I think this brings me on to my last question, sort of. But actually, you know, I've got a fun one in between. We'll do the fun one first. And the fun one is because I'm trying to get a season total. But what is the what is your vegetable of the year? I'm, uh, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm going to go back to the UK and say say the much maligned cabbage. And the reason for saying that is um, um, Southern England farms. If you want to, to see a business that, that really kicks it out of the park, um, if you look at Southern England farms based out of beautiful Cornwall, um, they grow, I think it's 8,000 acres of, of veg. Um, and they produce, grow some of the most fantastic uh, veg. Um, Matt, can I just tell you a very quick story? Um, we're, uh, last, last, week, last week it was the G7 in, in the UK, um, and it was based down in Cornwall. And there were loads of um, security um, down there. So they were looking for they, – they'd had all the plans to – um, uh, watch out for snipers and for terrorists. Um, but what they didn't counter for was Southern England Farms tractors. All these security convoys got held up behind these guys and their tractors, feeding the feeding the feeding the the the, the UK. So I just love that thought of President Biden being stuck, stuck behind a load of cabbages. I saw this because uh, I think there's a lot of controversy because Boris Johnson flew to Cornwall from London, and I think as you're saying about with all this, like uh, I think we we're talking early in the podcast about cutting carbon emissions. Maybe <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's a bit unnecessary. But I think I guess you can't account for Cornwall and their small roads and big tractors. We're right at the end, but this is so sort of trying to lead on from your Beanstalk Global ending statement. But I just wanted to see what are your future ambitions. What what is it that you want to achieve? I'm 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 going to give you a politician's answer. That's not the question that you meant to ask, Matt. The question that you meant to ask was, what do people need to do to achieve? And I haven't achieved it um, to achieve what they need to, to, to achieve. One thing I've learned over the last year is is mentorship. Mentorship. I can say the damn word. Um, anyone listening out there, if you want to progress, go find yourself a mentor. There, there are so many really interesting, fascinating people, and they want to give. They want to give back into this this community of, of ag and, and fresh produce. L- reach out for people that you admire in, in the sector, and they're all available now on, on a myriad of um, podcasts and, and webcasts. Find yourself a, a mentor um, because they will help you ascertain as to where you want to go and you'll be better for it, not only career-wise, but also in, in yourself um, personally. I, I do think there's a direct correlation with people that suffer from the likes of um, um, mental health issues and, and obviously our heart goes out to them, but they, they just have no, very little support. You, you'll find that if you lean on people in an eloquent way to to get assistance from them, to, to be... To be for, for them to be a mentor for you, the, the, 
they they will bend over backwards to to assist them. Um, and the other thing that uh, I'm totally avoiding Matt's question. I hope it's not mine. Um, is what what I, what I said earlier um, is life begins at the end of your your comfort zone. If you're cautious, if you're worried about something, just do it. Just do it. Go. Don't don't have a preset plan that by the age of another 10 years i want to be ceo of xyz just just it, life is an adventure just go and be curious explore things explore things whether that be in your life personally whether that be with relationships whether that be with careers whether that be with travel when, when we're allowed to just be curious ask the questions lean on people people lead love to, to have engaging people approach them because they they want to give back so be be curious live life out of the conference. one could say um one could almost say take it to the max <laughs> yes if that was his real name <laughs> <laughs> no no definitely i think like uh, this is something that we've actually had on a few of the past talks about getting a mentor especially networking like learning more about people learning about what they do getting an interest in it you know what i mean because people look out for each other at the end of the day and i personally think this is such a valuable um skill and quality yeah, to but, have. But, but Matt, with one caveat, where, where you've got the supreme advantages that I didn't have 20, 30 years ago, you have the internet, obviously, you have the likes of LinkedIn and Facebook and all these platforms. Do not overly rely on it. In my sales training, I, I was always taught, if you use a phone properly, money comes out of it. So just take that analogy in that if you're going to connect with people, do what Matt's doing on, on this. He's engaging with the, with people. Use the phone, communicate with, with people, whether that be by Zoom, Teams meeting or phone call. Don't hide behind email. That's an easy trick to get into. So if you're going to approach someone like, like a mentor to assist you, um, do, do it on the basis that um, you engage them with them by email on, on LinkedIn, Facebook or whatever, but talk to them, talk to them, engage with them because you'll find out so much more with them by talking to them and hopefully um, eventually meeting them as well. No, 100%. I think that's a really nice, actually, a really nice point to end on. So I I guess with here, I'd just like to say thank you, Max, for all your time. This has been an amazing season finale, I think. I've really enjoyed talking. Oh, hold on. You're not getting away with this. What's your favorite fresh produce? Oh, I, I was going to go with possibly courgette, to be honest. I'm a big fan of courgette. I think courgette can go with every food. Like, I think it's brilliant. And, and fruit? Fruit. I have to say, I'm not really a big fan of fruit, but either mango or passion fruit, I have to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I, um, when, when, I, when I fell out of um, Harper, um, in my first job, we rented a, a cottage in, in Chichester and the farm behind us had 25 acres of celery. And it was this time of year, it was hot and stinking. The market went against the farmer. Um, so he, he, he didn't pick it and it rotted. And we had all the windows open and we had this rotting celery, 25 acres of it. And I can't, I can't eat, I can't touch celery now because of, because of that. Blech. Celery, the devil. <laughs> to be fair, you're the first person who's actually asked me on this what mine was. So <laughs> that's a nice way to end the series as well. <laughs> okay, I just just let, let you into one more secret. There was a uh, there's a, a company near us in uh, in Ely. I won't name them, but you, everyone will know who they are. And they've got something like a container load of celery whiskey that they made on a trial basis. But apparently, it's foul, um, and they don't know what to what to do with it. So if anyone wants to try <laughs> celery whiskey, uh, just give, just give me give me a ring. Oh, Matt, can you imagine that night out? Oh, you would say it's for days after that. I'll link I'll link your links in on this. <laughs> <laughs> all right max i think we have to call it here on time wise but uh thank you again thank you so much for this episode i've really enjoyed it so i hope we can stay in touch <laughs> everyone be well of course thank you goodbye <laughs>